0: Hello and welcome to Practicing English and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels or IELTS from levels 4 to 7 or for those students who just want to improve their general English. For transcripts of these podcasts please go to practicingenglish.com. And welcome back, this is Friday, so it's story time, and it's the third installment of The Man Who Could Work Miracles by H.G. Wells. Now, if you remember, Mr. Fotheringay had shown the local vicar, Mr. Maydig, how he could work miracles. He changed a jar of tobacco into a bowl of violets. who could work miracles. How did you do that? Mr. Madig asked. Mr. Fotheringay pulled his moustache. I just told it, and there you are. Is that a miracle, or, or is it black magic, or, or what is it? And what do you think's the matter with me? That's what I want to ask. It's a most extraordinary occurrence. And this day last week, I knew no more that I could do these things, like that, than you did. It came quite sudden. It's something odd about my will, I suppose. Something odd. So the word odd means strange. And that's as far as I can see is that the only thing could you do other things besides that lord yes said mr fotheringay just anything he thought and suddenly recalled a magic show he had seen here he pointed change into a bowl of fish N- no not that change into a glass bowl full of water, with goldfish swimming in it. That's better. You see that, Mr Maydig? It's astonishing. It is incredible. You are either a most extraordinary... But no. I could change it into anything, said Mr Fotheringay. Just anything. Here. Be a pigeon, will you? In another moment, a blue pigeon was fluttering round the room and making Mr. Maydig duck, that's put your head down, duck every time it came near him. Stop there, will you? said Mr. Fotheringay, and the pigeon hung motionless in the air. I I could change it back to a bowl of flowers, he said, and after replacing the pigeon on the table, worked that miracle. "'I expect you will want your pipe in a bit,' he said. So he's referring to smoking a pipe, as a lot of gentlemen did in those days. And he restored the tobacco jar. Mr Maydig had followed all these later changes in a sort of amazed silence. He stared at Mr Fotheringay and, in a very careful manner, picked up the tobacco jar, examined it, replaced it on the table. "'Well!' was the only expression of his feelings. "'Now, after that, it's easier to explain what I came about,' said Mr Fotheringay, and proceeded to a lengthy and involved story of his strange experiences, beginning with the affair of the Lamp in the Long Dragon. As he went on, the initial pride Mr. Maydig's amazement had caused passed away. He became the very ordinary Mr. Fotheringay again. Mr. Maydig listened intently, the tobacco jar in his hand, presently, While Mr. Fotheringay was dealing with the miracle of the third egg, the minister interrupted with a waving extended hand. It is possible, he said, it is credible. The power to work miracles is a gift, a peculiar quality, like genius or second sight. Until now it has come very rarely and to exceptional people. But in this case, I have always wondered at the miracles of Mohammed, and at yogi's miracles, and the miracles of Madame Blavatsky. But of course, yes, it is simply a gift. Yes, yes, go on, go on. Mr. Fotheringay proceeded to tell of his misadventure with winch. It's this what troubled me most. Proceeded Mr. Fotheringay. It's this I'm most in need of advice for. Of course, he's at San Francisco, wherever San Francisco may be. But of course, it's awkward for both of us, as you'll see, Mr. Maydig. I don't see how he can understand what has happened. And I imagine he's scared and trying to get at me. I imagine he keeps on starting off to come here. I send him back by a miracle every few hours when I think of it. And of course, that's the thing he won't be able to understand and it's bound to annoy him. And of course, if he takes a ticket every time, it will cost him a lot of money. I did the best I could for him, but of course, it's difficult for him to put himself in my place. I thought afterwards that his clothes might have got scorched. Scorched means burnt, because if he's in Hades, uh, which is like a hell, well then, it's very hot, isn't it? I thought afterwards that his clothes might have got scorched, you know, if Hades is all it's supposed to be, before I moved him. Of course, I willed him a new suit of clothes, On him directly, I thought of it. But you see, I'm already in a big mess. Mr. Maydig looked serious. I see you are very confused. Yes, it's a difficult position. How are you to end it? But Mr. Maydig did not seem very concerned about Winch. However, we'll leave Winch for a little and discuss the larger question. I don't think this is a case of black magic or anything of the sort. I don't think there is any hint of criminality about it at all, Mr. Fotheringay. None whatsoever. Unless you are hiding stolen possessions. No, it's miracles. Pure miracles. Miracles, if I may say so, of the very highest class. He began to pace the hearthrug, to pace something is to walk up and down, and the hearthrug is the mat in front of the fire. He began to pace the hearthrug and gesticulate, while Mr. Fotheringay sat with his arm on the table, and his head on his arm, looking worried. I don't see how I'm to manage about winch, he said. A gift! of working miracles, apparently a very powerful gift, said Mr. Maydig. We'll find a way about Winch. Never fear. My dear sir, you are a most important man, a man of the most astonishing possibilities, the things you could do. Yes, I've thought of a thing or two, said Mr. Fotheringay, but some of the things came a bit mixed up. He saw that fish at first. Wrong sort of bowl and wrong sort of fish. And I thought I'd ask someone. You did the right thing, said Mr Maydig. Altogether the right thing. He stopped and looked at Mr Fotheringay. It's practically an unlimited gift. Let us test your powers. For instance, if they really are... If they really are all they seemed to be. And so, incredible as it may seem, in the study of the little house behind the Congregational Church, on the evening of Sunday, November the 10th, 1896, Mr. Fotheringay, encouraged and inspired by Mr. Maydig, began to work miracles the reader's attention is specially called to the date. He will object, probably, and has already objected, so to object is to argue and say something is not, doesn't make sense, to say something doesn't make sense, that certain points in the story are improbable, that if any things of the sort already described and indeed occurred, they would have been in all the newspapers at that time. The details immediately following he will find particularly hard to accept, because, among other things, they involve the conclusion that he or she, the reader in question, must have been killed in a violent and unprecedented manner more than a year ago. Okay, so the author says this because the story was published soon after it was written in the eighteen nineties. So the author is addressing the readers of this story of over a hundred years ago. Now a miracle is nothing if not improbable, and as a matter of fact, the reader was killed in a violent manner in eighteen ninety six. in the subsequent course of this story, that will become perfectly clear and credible, as every right-minded and reasonable reader will admit. But this is not the place for the end of the story, being little beyond the other side of the middle. And at first, the miracles worked by Mr. Fotheringay were timid little miracles, little things with a cup, and household objects. And as feeble as they were, they were received with awe by his collaborator. So awe, A-W-E, means with wonder, with with great surprise. He would have preferred to settle the winch business straight away, but Mr. Maydig would not let him. But after they had worked a dozen of these domestic trivialities, their sense of power grew, their imagination began to show signs of stimulation, and their ambition grew. Their first larger enterprise was due to hunger and the negligence of Mrs Minchin, Mr Maydig's housekeeper. So the housekeeper is someone who cooks the meals for Mr Maydig. The meal to which the minister showed Mr. Fotheringay was certainly badly cooked and uninviting as refreshment for two industrious miracle workers. Mr. Maydig was complaining about his housekeeper's lack of culinary expertise, so culinary expertise, referring to the ability to be able to cook well, before it occurred to Mr. Fotheringay "'that an opportunity lay before him. "'Don't you think, Mr Maydig?' he said. "'If you don't mind, I—' "'My dear Fotheringay, of course. "'No, I didn't think.' "'Mr Fotheringay waved his hand. "'What shall we have?' he said enthusiastically "'at Maydig's order, and change the dinner very thoroughly. "'So thoroughly means completely.' "'As for me,' he said, seeing Mr. Maydig's selection, "'I am always particularly fond of a glass of beer "'and a nice cheese on toast, and I'll order that. "'And forthwith,' "'forthwith meaning here, um, straight away, "'beer and cheese on toast promptly appeared at his command. "'They sat a long time at their supper,' talking like equals, as Mr. Fotheringay presently perceived, with a glow of surprise and gratification, of all the miracles they would presently do. And that's the end of part three. Tune in next Friday for the last installment of The Man Who Could Work Miracles. Until next time, bye for now you <sharp inhale>